the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson. Barton in Nashville. Chip in Fort Lauderdale. At, uh, here at the, the home of CBS Sports HQ, CBS Sports Digital, and uh, and, and Barton, how uh, how are we doing? As we as we sit here to approach uh, the Big Ten, the SEC, win totals are counting down. Uh, how are we feeling right now? Good. You got your coat and tie on right now. <laughs> you know it. Nice. How'd nice. you how'd you know? Uh, hey, you know, just you kind of got to get spruced up when you're when you're with the corporate big wigs up there and they're down there in Fort Lauderdale. So that's good. That's good. Uh, glad to glad to have you from the big studio. Um, I'm I'm feeling good, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of in awe at the athletic accomplishments going on out there. Have you seen this guy that won three million dollars playing Fortnite? No, three million dollars. Sixteen year old kid wins wins three million dollars playing Fortnite, and i know this isn't really necessarily relevant to what we're talking about but like to me that's almost on par with like winning the 100 meter dash like everybody runs right and so that's sort of the greatest athletic achievement is winning the 100 meter dash this 16 year old kid is better at this game that i've never played that everyone in the world is playing it seems like uh so I, I just was looking at that on Twitter as I was waiting for you to get on this call, and uh, I was taken aback by the athletic achievement going on by this kid. Do you think that uh, there is any eSport or video game that you would feel like you could go and compete and win $3 million in? I haven't played video games. Like, I hate – every single jock, day. Classic I, jock. I turn into more <laughs> and more of like this old – old man like i don't even have a video game system anymore i played my ass off in college like i would i could get down with some ncaa football that was about all we played uh but i'm i'm very out of practice so no the answer is no well maybe there's a listener out there who believes that they could win three million dollars with their fantasy football team and as we get ready for our fantasy football drafts we want to make sure to remind you to check out the fantasy football today podcast Our fantasy team is recording an episode every single weekday through the end of the year. No days off. Sleepers, breakouts, busts, mock drafts on the air, listener interaction via email and Twitter. It's the best way to win your league. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Today podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, We had some listener interaction on Twitter and via email uh, feedback from our ACC win totals. Uh, Of course, you know, go back if you have not yet, because it is what you need to get ready for the upcoming season. We've already done the Pac-12. We've already done the Big 12 and we've already done the ACC. 
And in the ACC Atlantic, uh, our most recent episode, we were uh, talking about the Syracuse Orange, just both all in on going over uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook number of five and a half. As, as time has moved on and as more sportsbooks are releasing lines, that has proven, as we suggested, to be a little bit low. So as we, um, as, as we re- revisit the Syracuse Orange, at least briefly, before we get into the Big Ten West, where, where would you start to think about an under for the Syracuse Orange? Because I've seen that we've got seven and a half out there and I with my confidence and with my picking Syracuse uh to be number the second best team in the Atlantic and maybe the second best team in the ACC I've got my own thoughts you know where where would you start to get uh jumping on the other side and and start to maybe believe your initial inclination which was that there would be a little bit of a step back with the loss of Eric Dungy uh following a breakout season I mean my formal uh like Phil Steele filling out the schedule for each team in the country on my own with my own pen, my formal schedule prognostication for Syracuse is seven and five. Mm. So I would be on the under there. Yeah. I think I've made it very clear. Syracuse is of all the teams we've talked about up to this point, we're about to hit the big 10 today. Uh, I think Syracuse is one of the teams I am least comfortable picking one way or the other for you. What this so is the better question is you, where would you fall and, and where would you start to lean under at seven and a half? I'm over at yeah. eight. I'm over. Okay. At eight and a half at eight and a half. I do get nervous. At eight and a half, I'm not operating in lock territory, and I'm not going to give away my win totals locks, but I will say that on the draft board, we do have, even at working with a seven and a, seven and a half number, I'm still, uh, I'm still looking at that Syracuse over. But at eight and a half, uh, I start to get nervous, and at nine, I am a push to under. There's no way that you're going to get me um, locking in nine and three or better. Yeah. That's, I mean... Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds that sounds reasonable. Um, I mean, they just, again, guess, like Liberty, Maryland, Western Michigan, and Holy Cross to go with that Clemson game in the month of September, and then you close the season with Duke, Louisville, and Wake Forest. I just think the beginning and the end of those schedules provide enough wins or what should be wins to where being able to hit eight shouldn't uh shouldn't be too much from that middle stretch of nc state pit florida state and boston college yeah it seems like the just like the most like i wonder where the juice is on that seven and a half number it seems like the most likely landing spot for syracuse is eight right um but so i like i wouldn't feel comfortable going under seven and a half uh because i've also you know on this schedule i've gotten like a got them losing to Louisville and I've got them losing to Maryland. I mean, they could be two and zero in those games and I'm all, all of a sudden nine and three. So I've also got them beating NC state at NC state. And, you know, I, I just, you never know. You just don't know with these <laughs> ACC teams, the anonymous coastal conference, according We're to getting a little Simmons. anonymous today too. We're not anonymous. I wouldn't say big 10 West is anonymous. We're definitely we are in um, we're very much in 
a, a evenly matched division with a lot of potential outcomes. All right. Are you ready to count them up? Count them up. As much as I think it's the, the under count is a safe up. play, like I can't even. Count them up. Count them up. How many games are going to win this fall? I can't fathom who wins. How many games are going to win this fall? I just can't. I don't see it. It's not, it's not on there. It's not, not the schedule I'm looking at. Unless there's another schedule somewhere. Now, to Barton's point about the Big Ten West. And hey, the, Chip. Yeah. Before we get going here, uh, I'd like to shout out Alex Kaplan and Statue Hunter on Twitter. A couple guys have hit me up, and they've determined with, with certainty where the comment about – I don't see it on that unless there's another schedule out there comment. It, and it's a very fitting team. Okay. Apparently, <laughs> apparently that was said last year looking at Louisville's schedule. Mm. Which makes that, uh, you know, a, that which, which, which get, brings a lot of pride to that, that you comment. you called that. Because that was a strong-ass <laughs> hit. Yeah, 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 yes. So, As, was there the, any was there any win total that was that you felt more comfortable about than going under on the cards as they continued to fail to cover the spread every single game? Yeah, I went. I, I can't. Remember, I either went three and three last year or three and two on my win total picks. But it was one of those where it's like I just I felt like I should have gotten just almost like an, uh, some added payout for how strong the Louisville pick was. But I don't think it works like that in Vegas, unfortunately. All right. So to, to your point, we are dealing with a division where I don't see any uh, of these teams with the win totals at 10 and with the numbers we're using, we're not even seeing any win totals at nine. So let's, uh, let's begin our discussion here with one of the teams uh, at the top, with an eight and a half win win total, and that's going to be the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, seven and five in the regular season last year after starting the year up in the preseason top ten. So we're we're looking at with an eight and a half win total, we're looking at Wisconsin to be competing for the Big Ten West title, and yet just like um, what we had in the Big Ten West last year, and just like what we saw in the Big Ten West the year before. We are estimating by these win totals that there is not a college football playoff contender uh, among that division. So Wisconsin, eight and a half. Jonathan Taylor's back. Uh, we've, we've got changeover at, cor- at quarterback with Alex Hornibrook gone. Sometimes that's a good thing. How are you feeling about Paul Christ going into year five? I think my, my big hang up here is that we're probably going to be operating with the true freshman at quarterback. I think – Aside from that, because Wisconsin has been a team that I've I've kind of over overlooked, um, sidestepped, have been sort of just uh, I've just sort of envisioned this bland eight and four year uh, because of what the taste of our mouth from last season. But I think if you if you really like consider what last season was why it happened like that, what this season is like, no one saw, I mean, two years ago, they're 13 and one and they had so much coming back from that team. And so the expectations were really high. 
I mean, so so often it just that's not how college football works. We're just you're supposed to be good because everyone comes back and so you're good. And they had it. They dealt with a lot of injuries. They were young in the secondary. They, you know, they had some preseason pass catcher issues with guys that were supposed to be good, really good players for them getting suspended or injured and things like that. And so I circled back around and they had, they had this sort of cover of sports illustrated offensive line and, and all that stuff. Right. And so now you circle back and all those offensive linemen are gone. Um, the expectations are a little lower. The, the defense returns, enough guys to think you know they got a chance to be good but they don't necessarily have any any sort of national names defensively i mean there's good players isaiah Loudermilk's really good scott nelson is is looks like he's going to be a really good player at safety like there's players there but uh the the sort of guys that you um that everybody every joe college football fan knows aren't there and so all i have to say is like this strikes me as a team that's going to be undervalued and and especially when we're going to talk about the loss of that offensive line as a negative when we we all know full well that they've just got the next crop of hog molly six five three thirty like they've they've yeah. got beer and cheese uh they're, yeah they're even little... the same training table as those guys right. that came before them right you know like and so i and jonathan taylor's back uh, I think Jake Ferguson is ready to take a big step forward at tight end. Danny Davis was impressive last year. Receiver, he's back. AJ Taylor's back. They got skill back. Offensive lines will be fine. Defense will be better this year with if they stay healthy. A lot of those young guys in the secondary will be improved. All that. So then you just circle back around. And you're like, okay, freshman quarterback. How much is that going to sting? And I, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I don't really care about that either. And because is he going to be worse than Alex Hornibrook? Um, so I actually, my, my schedule has them projected at eight and four, what I, what I just sort of mapped out, but I'm all of a sudden, the closer we get, the more I feel like this is this, I'm not going to, I am certainly not playing an under in this one. And I'm, I've got this kind of hunch that we could be looking at another sort of 10 and two type of season. That would be uh, a return to what has mostly been the standard, not just for, Paul Crist, but really for the Wisconsin program for the last decade, and I think it gets worse. Okay. I am, yeah, I'm, I'm not only on the under, but I, I think that I've got this at six and six, seven and five, and oh, I can't get there. All right, you guys sell me on this. Okay, your draw, and granted, like nine game conference schedule, the uh, there it is not quite like the Pac-12 or the or the Big Twelve where it's basically round robin. There, there is still some, like, better schedule, worse schedule. Wisconsin, now granted, they do get uh, two of these games at home, but Wisconsin gets Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State from the other division. That is not, that is not a favorable Big Ten draw for a Big Ten West team. No, uh, uh, I look at the conclusion of the schedule, and the Iowa, Nebraska, Purdue at Minnesota to close – I don't think that Wisconsin is a for sure winner in any of those games. I think that those are all truly, you know, as we will continue to unpack this throughout the show, like in a Big Ten West that is 
you know, very difficult to, to figure out at times. And you feel like all these teams are kind of jumbled together. Basically, anybody but Illinois in my book, it would not surprise me if they are representing the Big Ten West at the end of the season. So if I've got Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, if I've got, uh, you know, games at the end of the schedule where I'm, I'm not seeing for sure wins like this, that's that's where I think the only certainties that you have are South Florida, Central Michigan, Kent State and Illinois. And if everything else is a top up, it is a is a toss up and I can only get to four or five wins feeling confident about the Badgers having an advantage, then eight and eight and a half is just far far too much for me to jump i'm not going to go that far for this wisconsin team given some of the uh just just given the lack of certainties beyond jonathan taylor being really really good in my book yeah i get all that and then the schedule is i think is a good argument and a good point what i circle back to is as everybody gets distracted by the shiny things in the big 10 west oh it's this new division with scott frost and nebraska coming up and P- look at pj fleck and jeff brom you know building these programs and oh man another year northwestern suddenly ends up in the big 10 championship game and it's like now everyone's all of a sudden forgetting about wisconsin it feels like and i just i part of me just feels like this is set up for Wisconsin to be overlooked and and I think that um I just think this is gonna be a really good team I I I I do feel like um I don't know where I was gonna just about to go I I, but I but but I, I do feel like um when you talk about like scheduling and uh and and you know playing those cross division games like this is there's other teams i know where i was gonna go i'm sorry what i was trying to say is i was surprised I, i'm a little bit disappointed this number is higher like is 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 this high like i would have liked to have seen it at seven and hot five because vegas isn't letting us get off easy on this one um but given where it's at i'm staying away from it uh and i'm even actually projecting them under but i'm i'm sort of fading myself on that and like to be fair to Wisconsin, I, I do not think I do not think it is impossible to imagine that Michigan will go into Camp Randall and lose. I do sure. not think it is impossible for Michigan State or Northwestern. So we could be looking up and Wisconsin will be on the road going to Illinois six and zero after playing five straight home games. I mean, I, I said the schedule was a bad thing, but I, I should admit that at least in terms of home away splits, the fact that you're just posted up at home from September 7th through mid-October, like that can be advantageous with jump around and Camp Randall being one of those, uh, one of those stadiums where I do actually take home field advantage into consideration. Yeah. And even in my eight and four, I've actually got them losing to Michigan and Michigan state. And if you think about that, like that's, that's two home losses in big time games, I, you know, that's in some ways that's unlikely. They lose both of them. Uh, it might be unlikely they win both of them, but you know, there's a pretty good chance they catch one of those teams. So my eight and four could easily tick up to nine and three with just a, a cross division win there. So I, it's, 
I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm warning the people out there. Wisconsin's, I got, there's something sneaky about this team this year, I think. The Nebraska Cornhuskers, we are also have them pegged right now with win totals from the odds makers set at eight and a half. And, uh, and I'm curious to see where you stand on this. I was uh, on with our friend, friend of the podcast, Danny Cannell. I was uh, sitting in uh, on Cannell and Bell. And you know we were discussing the 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 contrarian play right, which is you know if you if if you want to jump on the other side of Scott Frost Nebraska hype like you were just talking about, I mean it is the story right now for reasons that are both uh, nostalgic for the past, but also very knowing about Scott Frost and what he has been able to do in his brief coaching career and the expectations for what he can do, particularly activating a fan base, a university and a football program like he has at Nebraska. If you want to buy, if you want to sell any Nebraska stock, then this is an opportunity where you might be able to get some people to, uh, to, to buy it at a pretty high price, so after the, 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 the saying is out there, right? Oh, and six, four and two, it was two different seasons. You look at Nebraska and you just think if that four and two second half of the season, Nebraska Cornhuskers comes into this year, they attack this schedule, they can win the big 10 West. So at eight and a half Barton, who has held so much Scott Frost stock throughout his time, his portfolio is just burgeoning. <laughs> what's, what's the pick here? Yeah, I'm gonna get. I, I'm, I'm gonna collect on my Scott Frost stock, but I, I'm just, I'm not gonna do it with an overplay here. And I, this is, I have been on the record earlier this summer as taking the over here, um, and I have, I've flipped to the under, uh, flipped from nine and three to eight and four. And to me, it's, a, it's totally about like the reason. This is the perfect year to for Scott Frost because of the schedule. I mean, the schedule is a joke. I mean, they go, their, their, their road games are at Colorado, at Illinois, at Minnesota, at Purdue, at Maryland. They get Iowa at home, Wisconsin at home, the cross division. They Dude, get, that Ohio they, state game is trap city for Ryan day. Except for the fact that everyone, like everyone is going to be talking about it. Nebraska is probably going to be four and oh, they're going to be, you know, they may be a top, they'll probably be ranked in the top 25. That'll be, I mean, yes, but it won't be overlooked. And so, uh, you know, the, they probably lose to like the only, you can look at their schedule and you can make a case that they will be favored in every game on the schedule because they will, you know, they'll, with the exception of Ohio state, sorry, because they'll, they'll probably be favored their first four. And if they win those, as long as they play Ohio State competitively, they'll probably still be favored against Northwestern. So then they'll be sitting there five and one, probably still be favored at Minnesota, Indiana, Purdue. Like at that point, if they're if they have had a good year, then by the time they get to Wisconsin, then they'll be considered a really good team. So they, you know, they that that's sort of a toss up, and I was sort of a toss up for the same reason. So all that to say is, I think the schedule's really good, but to me. When I when I look at the roster, I'm still I still don't know if I see a nine win roster yet. Defensively, they still got some ways to go. They were just they were bad last year on defense. I know Adrian Martinez is that dude, and and or at least that's what we think he is. But you know they they lose Stanley Morgan. 
Uh, Maurice Washington, their their running back that they're expecting big things out of, is getting in all kinds of trouble. Um, I just I think it's I mean they're still four and eight, and so if they get to eight and four, which is an under, that's still a hell of a turnaround. So I think you can both be be hanging on to your Scott Frost stock while also picking the under. I'm on the over. I think I'm, man. I'm, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm signing up for all the juice. I'm signing up for all the hype. I'm signing up for just the dream of the nineties is alive in Lincoln. Is it just, okay. So why is it this? Is it the schedule or is it the team? It is. Um, it is the team. I, I really, it is the quarterback specifically, specifically. It is the quarterback. I believe that, um, the first time it really stunned me and the first time that I had to start thinking critically about what I believed Adrian Martinez is going to be this season, it was when the like first early Heisman odds came out and he was like maybe the fifth or sixth name on the board. And it has been a long time since we've taken a Nebraska quarterback that seriously that they're going to have the fifth, sixth, or seventh uh, mo- like best odds to win the Heisman Trophy. Like, Is Adrian Martinez going to be one of these individual stars? And I kind of tend to think that what we've seen and what we know from Scott Frost's offense is that it can make individually – it can make uh, a very good to great quarterback elite in terms of production at the college level. I don't think that means that Adrian Martinez is destined to, you know, go and, and be Marcus Mariota. I I don't think that he's necessarily even like, I think McKenzie Milton like expectations from a production level. I, I don't think that is too much to ask from Adrian Martinez year two. I mean, that, that whole move of I'm going to throw him into the fire and he's going to fail some and he's going to learn, but coming back year two, he's going to be that much more mentally up to speed. I think that that's, uh, I think that's valuable. And when we've got a division where finding those kind of game changing quarterbacks isn't, is, is very, very difficult. Uh, I, I think that that can be a separator to where we see Nebraska as a nine and three team. Yeah. I mean, the last thing I'm going to do, is is get on you about hyping Scott Frost in Nebraska. I've I've been on that train and nine and three is not gonna surprise me in the least. And if anything, I'm just starting to fade the fact that everybody's on this train. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, right. And like, and like I just I I wanna be a part of it. I don't I don't wanna have to like jump on the other side and then ask for my spot back on the boat. Right. I'm going to, I'm going to just stay here in the captain's seat and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I understand that the waves might get a little rocky. There might be some points in the middle of the season. Like, Nebraska is not established enough in terms of its talent and in terms of its roster where we can trust that Nebraska team to not go lay an egg. Like they've got to lay an egg loss to a team that they're going to be favored to beat. And that will not surprise me. But if you're asking me to pick an eight and a half and I've got to sort of align my stock with certain Big Ten West teams and fade them in other ones to sort of keep the count uh, somewhat in line, I, yeah, I, I got them nine and three. I'm going Nebraska over. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, I'm still allowed on the, on the ferry late <laughs> in the season. If I just sort of throw out a, a real timid under, 
I think I've done enough, right? You have. have some, some built-up equity in this in this Nebraska train. Equity is the operative word here for you and Scott Frost. Uh, the universe, It started as the University of uh, um, Dividend Returns or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. right. Residual income. Yeah, residual University income. University of residual income, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I don't know why we should stop picking UCF to cover these spreads. They're going we, to keep I, covering I, I, them. I was, you know what? Like I've been waiting to find another University of Residual Income. <laughs> there was never a University of Residual Income last year, unless you're talking about fading Louisville. Uh, so, and Scott Frost is still the most recent University of Residual Income. We'll see if we can find somebody in 2019. It feels like the Purdue Boilermakers fan base already got a win or an over or a division title just by the fact that Jeff Brom didn't go to Louisville. That was like the talking point. It's like, Oh, Petrino's gone. They're going to go make their swing. They're going to bring him home. This is going to be it. And, and Brom decided as many coaches have before, like I've, I've only been here two years. I have made promises to elite talent, like Rondale Moore, that we are going to build something special. Uh, I want to continue to build here at Purdue. So after what was uh, a little bit of, you know, what was a breakthrough season for the Boilermakers to be able to, uh, to get into the postseason, I, or breakthrough two seasons, really, this win total is now all the way up to eight. Now, the last time. This is shocking. That Purdue is, won eight this, games was this a eight? long time ago. Eight. Wow. Hype, 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 hype. Who's who, where's this number from? Big ten, big ten. Purdue at eight. Heavily juiced to the under, but Purdue at eight. Wow. All right, eight. So that's so. So Purdue is the is the third highest number in the West, huh? Yeah. And that's your basic three point chart. Uh, you say so. so sorry, sorry. As my auto as my auto play pops up when I'm looking to, to check that number on the CBS story. Um, all right, so eight. Wow. All right. You want to take this one, or am I taking the lead here? Oh, I'm under. Like, and and I'll I'll take the lead on this. There's uh, two reasons, and first I'll address the the fact that this is a uh, this is a Purdue team that, as I look at the personnel, it feels incomplete, and I'm willing to be proven wrong, and I'm willing to admit that there's a there's an element of player development that you know Jeff Brom and his staff would like to be able to show off and say hey well you know what like we're we're bringing back all these uh all these players on defense and I know that you don't know a whole bunch of these pieces on offense but they've been training in the system you know they they're they're good they're ready to go I I refuse to allow Rondale Moore to be one piece that I become so infatuated with that I'm going to start putting Purdue up against a team that I feel I feel more confident in Nebraska. I feel more confident in Wisconsin, and I am more excited and intrigued about whether Minnesota is going to take a step forward and whether Northwestern can continue than I am confident that Purdue right now is ready for a big jump. 
let me just say, if they if this overhits, that will be I'll be thrilled. That will be fun to watch. A nine and three Purdue team after a six and seven year where they upset Ohio State. And oh yeah, by the way, they also got beat sixty three to fourteen in the Music City Bowl by Auburn. Um, that will be uh, an incredible testament to Brahms program building. And like you, I'm also on the under and like you, perhaps I'm underestimating that element of it, of the program building side and the players that have been in the program being better. But I mean, they got nine starters back on defense, a defense that really wasn't that good. They've got, three starters back on offense an offense that was good, but a little inconsistent. Sure. Um, they've got, I mean, yes, like Rondell Moore's good. Bryson Hopkins is an NFL tight end. And everywhere that Brahms been, the offenses have been explosive. Yes. Right. All, all fair, all willing to rock with that. But, uh, I there has not been any kind of consistency, even as he's started to build up. It has been more flashes than some sustained level of success that leads me to believe that all, everything is in place for a big uh, elevation of, of where well, this Purdue team is. And I think a problem when you when you're banking on that over one problem is they're not taking three just no-brainer wins in their non-conference. I mean, they're going to Nevada, who they should beat, certainly. But, I mean, that's not a bad group of five team. They're playing Vanderbilt, and they're playing TCU. Uh, I guess TCU could be a win if Purdue is a nine-win team. I mean, if they're if they're better than we think. But I don't. I, I would expect TCU to win that game. And I think Vanderbilt is, is a really tough game early in the season – given i mean you know Vanderbilt's- no 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 now's the time of year where you're locked in on vanderbilt there's not a lot of college football information and not a lot of college football talk so it's like when you've got any kind of proximity to it you just soak it up i'm sure that right now you're soaking up any vanderbilt chatter you can get but i'm not i'm actually not that bullish on vanderbilt but i do think that vanderbilt is when you just sort of compare rosters vanderbilt's further along in their program development under Derek Mason that Jeff Brom is and they do have I mean the sort of the I mean the three guys they brought to media day I mean Derek Mason is not shying from the idea that those guys are NFL high round NFL draft picks and so we don't want to get off on a Vanderbilt tangent here but I mean that's three tough games and then when you talk about then it's all about sort of all right where do the wins come from um you know, someone in this conference has got to lose some as well. So you talk about PJ Fleck in Minnesota going to Penn State. You know, Mike Loxley. That that's that that Maryland is not this totally like crippled program that is just is a is is a year zero. I mean, they they've got some players that Iowa. I mean, Illinois. Like we'll talk about Illinois, but I don't think that they're as bad as probably people are giving them credit for. Nebraska. We just talked about Northwestern has been as consistent as any team in the big 10 under Pat Fitzgerald was constant. And then Indiana. So I just, it's hard for me. Like, I feel like if you're going to get nine wins, you have to be clearly a top tier team. 
and it's hard for me to take that get to the top tier team level with Purdue. I agree. Um, so this, I, I just pulled up some other numbers. Purdue in the Las Vegas Superbook, we were using the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. The Las Vegas Superbook number for Purdue is seven. That seems more reasonable to me. What would you take at seven? I'm under. I'm begr- I'm begrudgingly under, but I think this this is like I've got, I've actually got them at five and seven. But I don't love that. No, you don't want to be there rooting against <laughs> Rondell Moore and Jeff Brom for them to go five and seven. <laughs> oh, and I don't even expect them to go five and seven. But I also have expectations for like to me, Minnesota strikes me as a team. that's I have a little more trust in this year and I've got Purdue beating them, but I got Minnesota winning more games. Uh, Iowa, I trust them more. I trust Nebraska more. I trust Northwestern more. I just think that there's some, like, I am. I would lean towards under this year for Purdue, with the caveat that like they, I think next year, given the way they recruited in 2019, given the freshmen they're going to be playing, I think that 2020 could be that could be that. Regardless of what the record is this year, 2020 could be that breakthrough year where they're contending for a, uh, a division title coming up so on, i think we're yeah. i think this is the year before the year got the year the game before the, the they're one year away from being one year away <laughs> right <laughs> coming up on the other side kirk ference the iowa hawkeyes northwestern minnesota and illinois as we wrap up the big 10 west all of that next the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Iowa Hawkeyes enter this season um, like having, I guess not recently, but certainly in this, uh, within the context of the, the last several years, it's just become like a, a little bit of an NFL factory, right? Is yeah, it like the yeah. Big Ten's Boston College? You're, you're going to count on them to win like eight games and uh, produce like three NFL draft picks in the first three rounds? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've – and this is – and this will be no difference. They've got – they probably have – don't be surprised if they have two more first-round draft picks. I almost expect it. Is is they, one of those – by the way, our number here uh, is at seven and a half. Nathan Stanley, is that one of them for you? He may be – I mean – First of all, like I have sold a good bit of the Nate Stanley stock I bought before the season last year, uh, but but he has NFL traits, yes. So, but he is not one of the first rounders. What is have, what is Clayton speaking of? What's Clayton Thorson doing right now? He's on. He's in a camp. He's getting paid. He's getting a paycheck that says NFL on it. And so that's that counts. <laughs> he got drafted. I think he was like a fifth round pick or something. Uh, all right, so as, as Iowa goes into this coming season, our, our non-con, of course, we've got the Cyhawk Trophy. That game's going to be in Ames having to go play Matt Campbell in Iowa. Then they've got uh, Miami, Ohio, and Middle Tennessee. So the, the outside of the, the game against the Cyclones, there should be a pair of winnable games there. But then once we start to get into the schedule – you know, we've got, uh, we've got Penn state showing up. You've got to go to Ann Arbor to play Michigan. You avoid Ohio state though. Uh, though Iowa, you know, always loves Ohio state, especially when, when they do end up uh, visiting Iowa city. So at seven and a half, how, how do you see this Iowa team looking in 2019? This is, this is in some ways like the anti Nebraska in the sense of like Nebraska. I, they have an they have an over schedule and an under roster, I think Iowa has an over roster and an under schedule. Mm. Like, you know, they got I mean, going Michigan and Penn state cross division is not, is not ideal. They want to Michigan, they go to Northwestern, they go to Wisconsin, they go to Nebraska. Like that's a, that's a, it's not an ideal road slate. Um, but I got, I've, I'm on the over here. I'm going to trust the roster a little bit and, and not just make assumptions about what other people are going to be. Um, because again, I mean, so Nate Stanley's back. Maybe he's, maybe he is a little closer to what we hoped he would be last year. Um, I think, I mean, they return all the running backs. They, their offensive line is, this kid Tyler Linderbaum stepping in as a redshirt freshman at center, who's supposed to be a stud. They, you know, they're they're so basically, if he's good, if Levi Paulson's good, who I guess is their other projected starter, um, their their tackles are, I would assume, probably uh, as good as any in the country from far as bookends. The Tristan Wirfs is one of the uh, the the first rounders I was talking about. I think is has potential to get there defensively. AJ Epinesa didn't start last year and had 10 and a half sacks. Like Iowa has a, has this amazing knack for just sort of hiding first round talent, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
They got they had two first round draft picks at tight end, and and you know you watch a game and you, you might not even know it. But there, there's you know AJ Epinesa and Chauncey Golston are two really good players that didn't even start last year, who combined for like 15 sacks. I think you know they got a bunch of really good players in the secondary that and and just they always have good linebackers and they always develop. So I just I just think this is a real like rock solid. Um, 22 players offense and defense and the schedule is tricky but i'm i'm just gonna trust that this kirk ferentz kind of knows how to coach a little bit he's done it he's done this a few times and and so i think they're gonna go over i got him losing to iowa state losing at michigan losing at wisconsin and winning the rest nine and three Got them nine and three. Well, I so I love that because Iowa winning a crowded and confusing Big Ten West is pretty perfect. Like that when you don't know who's going to come out on top, if you're not going to saddle up with Paul Chris in Wisconsin, you better saddle up with Kirk Ferentz in Iowa, or you can be a nutcase like me and just just take all of the Scott Frost hype and, and run with that. Even if the come down could be potentially horrendous. Uh, I'm on the under here and uh, I've got them losing at Iowa state. I've got them losing at Wisconsin. I've got them losing at Nebraska. I've got them losing at Michigan. And then either the, the Penn state at home or at Northwestern, I think they could take one of those. And so this under is like seven and five is the way that I've penciled it out, but to your point, would not be surprised if this is eight and four. I would be surprised if it's nine and three, and I understand that when the margins are so slim, that would uh, that that might sound confusing. But I do think that at, at Wisconsin and at Nebraska uh, are daunting trips to be taking in November. When you know, outside of a, a Nathan Stanley that has yet to arrive where I don't know if you've got one player who can take over the game. But when do they ever have a player that can take over the game? Akram Wadley. I'm an Akram Wadley truther. I believe that that dude. I mean, I'm an Akram Wadley guy too, but he went undrafted and they, and he was like, yeah, I guess you like Akram Wadley could bust out and have like a wow play. But Akram Wadley never got the, like he never, I would never say he took over. Right. That's true. I don't know. This, this here's, here's the thing about, this Iowa here's why you won't be surprised if they're nine and three because this big 10 West heap of parody is, is just, they're going to be close games every week. So you won't be surprised if Iowa is nine and three, you won't be surprised if Wisconsin is nine and three. You won't be surprised. You shouldn't be surprised chip. If Northwestern is nine and three, like it's just about who wins close games, right? I love the fact that you call it a heap because that feels right. Feels like there's a whole bunch of clothes on the bed that we still need to fold before dinner. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, just uh, Minnesota, Northwestern, put it in the shelves and, and let's fold it up and let's get out of here. Like that's <laughs> it, it is a heap of pretty good. The Big Ten right. West is a heap of pretty good. So then it's, it's just going to boil down to like no one knows. <laughs> You know, it's just going to pull because like I can't sit like if I win this nine and three, if I'm right on nine and three, then I will have I can't tell you that I'm that my expertise allowed me to to expertly predict 
that's the safety that wins them a 15-13 game against Northwestern, you know, was something I saw coming back in, in August. Or the, you know, the pick six and and then the eight-minute drive to, to win 22-19 to 19 against Minnesota is something I saw coming. You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be – there's going to be so many games like that in the Big Ten West this year. And so that that's what I think is kind of fun about this division. The Northwestern Wildcats were Big Ten West champions last year, uh, making it to the Big Ten title game. They did lose to Ohio State, but uh, to be able to get there, uh, certainly a, a great sort of momentous and momentum-building turn for Pat Fitzgerald. I mean, this is a, a team, 10 wins in 2015, 10 wins in 2017, nine wins, and one of those, again, uh, being able to win the division last year. There is like there is a level of expectations and consistency that I have for this Northwestern program. The win total, as uh, as I'm seeing it here, our FanDuel number in New Jersey is six and a half. Our Las Vegas Superbook number is at six, and um, and so yeah, I'm, with with Hunter Johnson coming in there at quarterback, it's going to be very easy to get hung up on that but i will bring back up the name invoke the name of clayton thorson and say with the success that northwestern had with that quarterback play i don't think hunter johnson can or should be your difference maker and why you're taking it over uh i am taking it over but it's probably for other reasons where i'll let you go first where are you at on the wildcats well yeah like the hunter johnson thing all he does is just sort of continue this this Northwestern quarterback factory. You know what's low-key? One of the most remarkable runs right now at quarterback is what Mick McCall, the quarterback and offensive coordinator at Northwestern, has done. dating Because he, he goes back to Bowling Green where he had like Omar Jacobs and Josh Harris – and I think Omar Jacobs got drafted. Maybe they both got drafted. He's had a quarterback drafted like um, he has been he, – he has coached a quarterback that would go on to get drafted. His starting quarterback would go on to get drafted each season like 17 of the last 19 seasons or something insane like that. And so Hunter Johnson just sort of continues this trend of guys who are – we at least expect Hunter Johnson – to get drafted so that's a both a good thing but it's also you know don't count on hunter johnson being the the thing that sort of puts northwestern over the top so i don't i don't even it's almost a push getting hunter johnson on board um so i'm very this is another like very reluctant under i'm i acknowledge that pat fitzgerald is probably a top you could argue i don't know you could argue top 10 coach in college football. Um, and How are you going to be on the other side of just the legend, Joe Gaziano? How are you going to be on the other side of Patty Fisher, Pat Fitzgerald incarnate? I mean, this is, this is a Northwestern team that where we got to look at the Wildcats and, and you talk about where Pat Fitzgerald stands. I give him that player development program development credit. Like you've been there for so long that you've put your system in place. And I do not agree with you on your stance about cell phones and college football attendance, but 
damn, I do respect uh, what you're able to do in terms of getting a program like that to perform at a consistent level of we're not just you know, we're not just a team that expects to make bowl games. We're a team that expects to be right there with the best teams in the conference. You, you're right. I mean, you're, all of that is, is right. Um, and I've got, I've got them with an embarrassing number of L's on my schedule here. It's hard. They got to go to Wisconsin. They've got to go to Nebraska um, right there in the middle of the season. They to do Stanford to Stanford to start uh, Ohio state comes on a Friday night. That's another uh, weird game. Friday night, Ohio state Northwestern. I feel like we've seen this before. Wasn't, I feel like, wasn't it like a Friday night? Maybe it was a Saturday night when Ohio state or someone went into North or Northwestern and needed like a safety or something to, to win. Uh, what was that? Was that like 2016? Maybe. That- or, well, well, there was the uh, – I think that Northwestern got game day before an Ohio State game, but then Ohio State went and beat the brakes off them. Like, you know, yeah. like the, the, the excitement had really, really peaked, and you were like, oh, yeah, here we go. And then uh, – ooh. I vaguely remember, like, being at a wedding or something, and there was, like, a night game with Northwestern and some other team that was a top five team or something. And I think I even had money on Northwestern maybe. And – uh well, they did cover a 26-point spread in Columbus in 2016 when Ohio Maybe State was number six in the country. That, that's got to be the game I'm thinking of. 24-20, Buckeyes squeak out a win. So, anyways, yes. Like, Ryan Day, like you talk about that Nebraska being a trap game. That 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 Ohio that uh, Northwestern game may be the real trap game for Ryan Day. Um, so, I just, you know, in, in the – in an effort to be honest and, and 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 handle this process with integrity, I have to hand losses somewhere. And Northwestern is just the type of team that gets a couple of those losses that you that someone's got to land when you're when you're making the preseason picks. So I guess all I can say is I'm on the under, but don't don't take my word. Don't don't take my advice here. Like just understand what Northwestern does. I am emphatically on the over and that's what's the number here again, six and a half. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, right. With, without, without having to determine where the wins come from and without having to piece the puzzle together with the rest of the big 10 West, it sure feels like six and a half is too low. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I do not disagree. (laughs) The Minnesota Golden Gophers, uh, as the the PJ Fleck has been rowing his boat, and I think that Fleck has gone, and this year will really determine. Um, third year, by the way, here with the at Minnesota, this will determine whether you are looking at him as not the butt of a joke, but at least a a sort of comical figure within college football because of his rowing the boat. Uh, you know, put cold with pressure turns into diamonds. Uh, his the different ways that he uses messaging to try and drive home things with the players and with the fans. This kind of feels like a we're on the edge of something type season. They go five and seven year one. They go seven and six year two. And now they've got 
tons of starters back. Things appear to be in place for a big step forward. So with a win total of seven and a half, do you think it comes this year for the Golden Gophers? I mean, this is this is I have sacrificed Northwestern, put them on the altar at the for the sake of picking this over for Minnesota. I mean, I'm on the over here and I it's really about I mean, for one, this is another program that I mean, they're their cross-division games are Maryland and, and Rutgers. Man, no Michigan, no Michigan State, no Ohio State. What a gift for P.J. Fleck. They, they've got – and then I, I – I mean, their, their quarterbacks, whether it's Tanner Morgan or Zach Anikstad, like those guys don't necessarily get me super juiced. But I do look at their team across the board, and there are – like I see, you know, Tyler Johnson's back. Rashad Bateman had a big freshman year. Um, Carter Coughlin is a big-time pass rusher. They, I mean, I just sort of what happened are, with Rodney Smith last year? What's up? Rodney Smith is still on the roster, right? Uh, Running back? Uh, did he? Did he retire or something? Injury, like injuries. Uh, I could be wrong on that. But he's he's yeah he's I mean he's on the roster I'm looking at but now that you mention that for some reason like I feel like Minnesota had some guy that retired. Uh, Rodney Smith knocked out for the year with a knee injury uh, early in September last year. That was oh, 2018. So Rodney Smith missed last year. He missed last year and now he's uh, got a sixth year of eligibility. Okay. So Rodney Smith was just so that but that, he was a good back like in I remember 2017 Shoot. he was a baller. He's a really good back. If he is, if he can be seventy-five percent of full health, then you know that between him and Muhammad Ibrahim, that is an awesome, awesome backfield for Minnesota. So I mean, like, there's a lot to like. Um, so maybe okay. I, I know who I was thinking of here. I think Shannon Brooks was the one that is was had some sort of off the field issue and perhaps is not on the team anymore. Um, because he had a pretty good 2017 too, as I remember either way, they got it. They got players. And, you know, I, I think if we're, if we're projecting sort of a, another step forward, if we look at a little bit of a favorable schedule, like I think eight wins is a place they can get to especially with if they can beat at, if they can win on the road at Fresno state beat a pretty good FCS team in South Dakota state and Georgia Southern. I mean, if they can get three and O that's a pretty good start. And finally, Oh, and by the way, I'm on the over two. And finally the Illinois fighting Illini lovey Smith and the fighting transfer portals are uh, going into year four with lovey at the helm. Win total set at four and a half. The win totals for the Illini with Smith have been three wins in 16, two wins in 17, four wins in 2018. The non-conference is V manageable. um, But at the same time, we're talking about an Illinois team where I think some of the losses that we were totaling up as I'm going over for Minnesota, over for Northwestern, over for Nebraska, I do think that Illinois was on the other side of some of these L's at four and a half. What's uh where where are you lining up with Illinois? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm actually on the over here. 
Jeez. I think they can get to five. Basically, they got to beat Akron, UConn, and Eastern Michigan. That should be doable. So that's three. That's a good start. And then they got to find – I think they're better than Rutgers. And they got to find one more win somewhere. I think this team with ten starters back on defense, seven back on offense, you know, I think – I think they can – I mean, they, they got some – now, I'm not necessarily advocating for sort of overhauling your roster through the transfer portal, but they did get – I mean, surely a few of these guys that they've gotten out of the transfer portal can play. One or two, maybe. <laughs> I mean, so I, I just think that this is I think that – I think they can get another win. I mean, Lovey Smith has been, a, it's like been a weird grind for them. Um, really bad the first couple of years, but they made some progress last year. And if they just keep on making a little bit of progress, I don't know, man. Five wins seems attainable. I'm on the under. I think it's another four and eight season. And I wonder if Lovey Smith is coaching the Illini for the uh, rivalry game at the end of the year against Northwestern. If they get, I mean, if it's a four and eight year, then this is this is the last year. I mean, you can't. How many? I mean, how sad is this? I really like it. Might the way that I'm playing out their season in my head. You know, you beat Akron, you beat UConn, you beat Eastern Michigan, but then lost to Nebraska, lost to Minnesota, lost to Michigan, lost to Wisconsin, lost at Purdue, and then all of a sudden, November second against Rutgers is like a must win to be able to salvage whatever's left in the season. Well, right. But I think if there's progress made with this team, then you would hope that you can't just, just log losses to all those teams. You just log losses to with the exception of maybe like Michigan. Like I think you would hope that Illinois has taken a step or even if they lose to Wisconsin, they'll play them closer and, you know, it looks like they're improving. They 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 go to Purdue and maybe they win that game. Like, uh, I just I think that there's. I mean, Rod Smith was the new OC last year, and they at least got a little bit of an identity. It felt like um, they've got potentially, I guess, Isaiah Williams, the true freshman, could be coming in to to run some, you know, some QB run stuff for that offense. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not going to bet on it, but I feel like Lovey Smith is capable of improving this team, right? Is, is it possible? I mean, what is Illinois football? Like, what, what is improving? Like, what is the, the ceiling right now? Because what I'm seeing is that these other programs in the division and even in the whole conference, if you want to extend it out to, to bring in Maryland, like you mentioned, but there are more than a handful of programs that have occupied the the middle to bottom space of the conference that have things moving in a positive direction. And I cannot say that from my seat, I see that same kind of progress that we see at Purdue, at Minnesota, um, and at Nebraska right now. And if other programs are moving forward and you're spinning in place, then it is a hard, hard ceiling on what my expectations of that team is going to be. The numbers, what do you say it was? Four? Four and a half. Four and a half. Yeah. Because they're they're giving us they're giving us the same wins that we're counting on. 
which is Akron, UConn, Eastern Michigan, and Rutgers. And so, and it's do you have one more? Do you have one more? That's gonna be a that's gonna be a fun sweat if you're on the over. I'll say that. If you're on the under, that's gonna be a fun sweat probably. Hey, uh, do I will again as I play it out. I bet, I bet that if Lovey Smith catches that mid-season dismissal, I wonder if you get the bump, and and it's a feisty Illinois team playing at home against Northwestern. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're if you're if you're on the uh, over, right, right. You know, it's almost like in, in a way like you could argue that you should hope for that. Right, 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 right. I am in a, in a very morbid way. Yes, yes, I am. Um, all right we will be back later this week we'll be tackling the big 10 east of course ohio state michigan state michigan penn state maryland uh can i do it all off the top of my head indiana and rutgers that's seven there you go uh he is barton simmons you can follow him on twitter at barton simmons you can follow me at chip underscore patterson barton thank you very much deserve